we are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. The Cheers to Comics Podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics Podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Again, slurs. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I am your host Brian Wayne, and this is episode 231. This episode happens to be a creator corner. The creator that I cornered on this here episode happens to be the incredibly legendary Andrew Peepoy. Whether you recognize his name or not, the dude has done stuff that you've seen. He's done countless Archie covers. I mean, he's done countless everything. The dude has uh, he inked. A couple of the pages of my favorite issue of Batman of all time. We talk about, you know, my, my first initial meeting with him and my introduction and all that stuff in the podcast. It's just Andrew Peepoy is an incredible person. Uh, the dude's been doing this for about 30 years now, and believe it or not, this is one of his first podcast appearances. So I'm honored to, to be able to pull in somebody like that, of that legendary status. Now, why did he choose to reach out to me? It wasn't just to say, hi, <laughs> I've heard of you. No, 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 I, I, I can't be that flattered. Uh, he's pushing a, a Kickstarter, Simone and Ajax. I actually have Simone and Ajax art hanging up in my little girl's room. Once again, we talk about in the podcast. And uh, he's, he's finally pushing this out. He's, he's putting it out to the public, this 128-page this collection that he's crowdfunding through Kickstarter. So we talk all about that. We talk all about everything there is to talk about, or at least a good portion. I can't imagine everything there is to talk about with Andrew People. It could be summed up in you know, a little over an hour, but uh, there, there's, there's tons to, to take notes from. That's for sure, guys. So... Um, before we get all into that, I gotta tell you where to get your comics, man. If you're one of those people that's not quite sure where to get your comics in these strange times, or, you know, whatever the circumstance may be, I have to urge you to head on over to Hooked On Comics, man. Hooked On Comics, way out on the East Coast, and I say way out on the East Coast because I'm in the mountains, but <laughs> on Tuesdays and Saturdays at uh, 5 and 7 East Coast times, uh, it's, it, they, they do these live auctions, so you don't have to go into any, you don't have to go into any store, you don't have to touch anybody, you don't have to get breathed on, you don't have to get looked at funny, no, not even, but if you were to go into the Hooked on Comics actual store, I doubt that you get looked at funny, you're probably gonna be looking at them funny, cause, uh, <laughs> there's some fucking characters, man, and you get that in the show, too, so once again, Tuesdays and Saturdays, at 5 and 7, Tuesdays is their, uh, new book pre-sale show, Saturdays is their Everything is Awesome and uh, get a bunch of deals show. So, And then there's daytime shows throughout the week as well. $5 Ben sales. It's just hooked on comics, man. Now, where do you find them on the internet? NSCLiveTV.com. They have a channel over there. You, you can uh, like their Facebook page, the Hooked on Comics Facebook page, and you'll get notified when they go live there. And then if you just so happen to be in the Cheers to Comics Facebook group, which I urge you do, you will get notified. You will see Hooked on Comics feeds go going live because that's how we do baby it's just quality entertainment and it's quality comics it's 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 good shit so uh yeah without further ado i bring to you the awesome 
Andrew Peepoy. All right, Andrew Peepoy, how you doing, sir? How are you? I'm doing pretty well, considering. <laughs> yeah, considering a lot of things right now. There's a lot to consider. Um, I'm I'm so happy that this call is this this is a real life thing. Um, I as we were kind of talking beforehand, I remember my first year on the MediaCon circuit. Um, and I wish I, it's it's stapled to my daughter's wall. I picked up a poster from you and everything. I wanted to have it in the background so you could see the the listeners wouldn't be able to see it because it's right, a podcast right, right. Yeah. but you, you, just, can, you can hold it up to the microphone you know well uh, yeah if it wasn't so <laughs> stapled to her wall and <laughs> but uh, which, she, which, which picture which picture uh, was it? so this was uh, uh it was a simone and ajax picture i believe oh, it, okay, it was a really okay. really awesome print and i had you sign it and yeah well that's that's when i come to discover you actually i take that back i i first learned your name in my favorite issue of batman i had ever read uh, you did the the was it issue fifty six. Um, you did the little fairy tale thing in there, uh, right? Right. And right, yeah. uh, that is the favorite, my favorite thing I've ever read. That that issue of Batman, and to have it go from this super hardcore, silent but bloody violent issue to your artwork in this fairy tale type of <laughs> or story time type of thing, which is still a very dark story. Um, I, I, I had to know, like, who the hell is this guy? This, this guy's yes. got something here. And well, I, well, well, I mean, it was my, it was my inks. I mean, so we need to give credit to Mark Buckingham who penciled it, you know, who, who really brought that, that, that quality, you know, that great quality that he does to things. Well, uh, <laughs> I appreciate you bringing that up, but nevertheless, I, I loved it. And I felt about two inches tall because you were the one of the last tables that i was there it was like the last day of the con and you said well i actually have uh, an original page right here for sale and I'm like, i blew everything i had this would have been my most prized possession to bring home of the whole con and it was sitting right there a page out of my favorite issue of batman that i've ever read and from that point on i said i I'm, i can't wait to have this guy on the show and then a few weeks ago uh, I just got a random email from you, and uh, I, I lit up. I was like, "Hey, this show might be might be something. I'm big enough for Andrew." <laughs> and uh, here we are. Here we are. Oh, this hey, is a know, real life yeah. thing. Yeah. No. No. I appreciate you having me on. You know, it's uh, you know, it's it's it, uh, you know, doing podcasts is new to me, but I'm glad you you know left your name with me a while back because there you know then I had it. So it was like, oh look, you know, I should I should email this guy. Well, um, I'm so glad you did. Uh, you, I know you got a Kickstarter pr to promote, and we're going to talk so much about this Kickstarter. But first, I want everybody to know how badass you are. Uh, if they haven't heard of you, they've <laughs> probably seen your work, whether they realize it or not, because you have done just about everything. Um, I mean, you... you... Yeah, I, 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 that's the thing that's kept comics fun for me, is being able to do such a wide variety of projects for the last 30 years. Uh, every Everything from your own creator-owned stuff to, like I said freaking pages and batman like that's i mean it, that's legendary status to say the least it really is it, it's and to to have someone like you on here that it, it means so much to this to the show and i can't wait for these aspiring creators that are listening to this episode to learn all of the things that you have to to say and it's i i know that you're there's a lot a lot of pressure to sound well, smart and intelligent here <laughs> <laughs> the pressure's on man but i know you could do it because you're a natural you're, you're clearly a natural you won't even have to try um before we get into all that though we were kind of talking a little bit about what i what i'm calling the corona effect uh everything is everybody's taking this this time and using it 
in different ways. I know that you said you had spoken with the creator that says they have nothing to do right now. And my mind melts when I hear you have nothing to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially when there's, I mean, all of the time in the world to do things. You, however, have decided to say, okay, this is my time. I'm going to get this, this Kickstarter going. So, I mean, uh, what, what else? Uh, I mean... What, what pushed you to make this the, the, the thing? Is it just pure boredom or the stars are aligning? Yeah, I mean, in some ways the stars are aligning. I mean, I've been wanting to do this for years. In, in, some, in some cases, some of these stories in this uh, new Simone and Ajax Kickstarter, some of the stories I'm telling, I've been wanting to tell for 25 or 30 years. I mean, this is the 30th anniversary of these characters who, who when they first appeared in my college arts magazine 30 years ago. And, um, and, and it's like, you know, I've been wanting to do this. I had been uh, starting this, uh, starting pe having people signing up at my table to notify them of my Kickstarter a while ago, which is how I connected with you mm -hmm. because you left your, 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 you know, your name and, and info on that. And I'd actually been trying to set the pieces in, in place this year to be able to take some time to work on it this year. And as it turned out, um, you know, it's like when I, I, I'd sort of set aside some of the money I needed to take the time to do this back in, in February, but then came March and the pandemic, and suddenly my schedule greatly freed up. So I was able to focus entirely on this because yes, much like many other creators, um, I had uh, a couple other things on the horizon that I'd planned on working on this year, along with the Simone and Ajax project. Uh, but uh, they they you know they they sort of disappeared for now. They're they're indefinitely on hold. So we'll we'll see if you know when they come back. But in a way, it was a blessing in disguise because it allowed me to return to, you know, my what I what I I, I described in my uh, in, in the campaign page as my true comics love. Um, Simone and Ajax is is my favorite thing to work on. Of 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 you know, it's like I've been so lucky to work on so many great things like Fables and The Simpsons and X Men and you know, Sonic the Hedgehog and, and Batman and all that stuff. But I, but, but like do writing and drawing these silly, ridiculous characters is my favorite thing to do. So like, I, like I said, it's a, it's a, the other projects disappearing is a blessing in disguise because now I've been able to focus on that. And yes, I'm getting to launch this Kickstarter in just a matter of a few days. Um, I'm not sure quite when this will be uh, posted, but yes, yeah, so we're recording this a few days before it launches on September 14th. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it will, this, this episode will go up before, before it launches, so everybody will get a full uh, of the full time. Are you doing thirty days on this one? Thirty days, yes. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, I I <laughs> I really want to get so into this Kickstarter, but I I want to talk just a little bit more about oh, uh, sure. the, the 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 time um, first. Uh, the, the, this free time, I find it kind of ironic that having the free time that one would normally use to promote a book, like go on the con circuit. I mean it. it if you were on the con circuit this year, would you say, would you be able to launch this at the time you did, or would it be postponed a year, or would you be just, I mean, well, what would you be doing? I would, I, I would probably still be doing it when I'm doing it. I don't know okay. that I'd be as far along on it as I, as I am, because I'm going into this with the entire, you know, hundred some pages written and thumbnailed and the, you know, over half of it drawn and things like that. Um, but uh, I, I had still always thought ahead ages ago that this period would be when I'd be doing it because it would overlap with what are usually two of my you know uh, most successful shows, the New York Comic Con and the Baltimore Comic Con. And I planned on you know having it running live at the time of those cons so that I could be signing people up live at the tables. If they come by, they can take a look at 
you know, the, I'll have the, you know, I'd have all the pages I'd have done so far printed out and on the table there they could look at and try to sign people up, you know, at those shows. Unfortunately, there, you know, there are, there is not a New York Comic Con and a Baltimore Comic Con or any other Comic Con much happening this year. <laughs> I mean, I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think C2E2 was the uh, only show I got to do this year. You know. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was it. C two E two, and then it was all over for the most part. Um, uh, see, I, I find that uh, you're not the only one that used this time to to launch something sooner than they really anticipated. Um, I know that Monty Michael Moore launched his Loco Hero Kickstarter with great success during uh the you know the whole Corona pause uh, instead of going out and doing the con circuit like he normally would. So I think, uh, if anything, if you were launching a Kickstarter, now nah, it was probably the best time because I saw very very few uh really go unfunded most of them if not all of them that i could think of all went 100 percent because people aren't out there doing what they would normally do uh and that would be going to these cons and everything so they're still seething and drooling over what they love so you guys launching these kickstarters i think is i think it's brilliant timing i think this is the way to go well i'm i'm hoping because i mean like i said this is my very first kickstarter so this is you know, a little daunting and a little scary going into it. I mean, I'm trying to ask a reasonable amount, you know, enough, just enough to make sure that the project can actually be printed and published, you know, and I, sure, would I love for it to do better than, than my initial ask? Great. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not going to object to that. But on the other hand, you know, I just, I'm hoping I'm asking a reasonable amount. And yes, I'm hoping people will get excited about it. Uh, because, you know, yeah, they, they, like you said, they don't have the conventions to go to, mm -hmm. to to discover, oh, here's this great thing I've never heard of. Maybe they can look at all, you know, go to these Kickstarters. I know, I know I've certainly been backing a fair number of Kickstarters during the shutdown. Oh, um, yeah, my, I mean, my mailbox has been full, man. They keep coming in. Yeah. Uh, it's And I, I love it. And they're, they're getting done faster than ever, I believe, too, because people have time to actually finish out the projects. You know, not, uh, you said yourself, not everything, the Kickstarter doesn't go up, and that doesn't necessarily mean the project's done. You know, it still takes time to produce this. Uh, you just need the right. money to back it first. So, but they're, I feel like they're... Be getting finished faster than ever just because of all this extra time so uh, I, I really do think that in some way this is a blessing in disguise to the indie world more than anything this is probably maybe the best thing that could have happened to independent uh, comics and uh, I don't know I'm glad to see people like yourself taking time because I know that you know two or three years ago when we talked it was yeah it was uh, I, I was I was anticipating the email a lot earlier. Let's put it that way. But okay. it, it's it's uh, here we are, man. It's perfect. It's I keep saying that, but I truly believe it. Um, okay. I got you've we've talked about we've touched on some of the things that you've done in the past, but I got to know where it all comes from. I mean, you've done so many things. We, you've been in this industry a while. At what point were comics? Yeah, when were comics a thing for you? Were you always a lover and reader of comics, or was it just uh, I need to do something with my life and I stumbled upon this thing? What's your story? How'd you get into it? Well, well, I mean, you, you might say I just it, it, this is what my life evolved into from the time I was a small kid. Okay. Um, you know, I, I mean, according to my mom, I was always into the superheroes and stuff like that, watching reruns of Batman, you know, the old Batman TV show from the 60s after school. And she said I was drawing little pictures of Batman and, and all that. And certainly I was really into the Wonder Woman TV show when that was on in the late 70s. And you know, I was watching that. And uh, and, and certainly the, the, the very first superhero comic I ever bought with my own money was an issue of Wonder Woman after watching the TV show. But it wasn't until about fourth grade around the time Superman the movie came out 
that I really started collecting comics. Superman the movie came out. I got I you know I got sick with something. I was I was home for you know two or three weeks from school, um, and my mom brought you know you know since I'd so loved the Superman movie that had just come out, my mom you know brought me home a little three pack of Superman comics from the that that she found at the grocery store, and and I loved them. And so she went back and got me another little three pack of Superman comics, and I loved those too. And so as soon as I was better, uh, you know, I, I went down to the little local drugstore and bought my, you know, bought myself a Superman, you know, comic, the latest issue. And that got me started collecting. And it, it almost immediately, I was drawing little pictures of the different characters I'd see in these things. I, I remember early on getting somehow hooked on the Justice Society of America. Okay. Found a, you know, found a reprint of that. Like there was a, there was a little uh, antique store near our house. Uh, it was about as far as I was allowed to ride my bike at that, at that point. And, but, and to, to keep kids entertained in the store, you know, since they weren't going to want to look at antiques, they always had a little stack of old comics there to, for the kids to buy. And, and there was an old coverless hundred page Justice League issue that had the Justice Society. And then I got, I remember, you know, got hooked, you know, it was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. What is this? You know? And, and I remember drawing pictures of them. And, and so it didn't take long. I mean, like I said, that was fourth grade. And I know by fifth grade, I was starting to create my own characters and drawing little stories. And by the summer after, and, and the summer after sixth grade, I published my first fanzine. You know, I was 12 years old. And, you know, my, wow. dad's, my dad snuck me into his office building on a, on a weekend so I could use the office copier to run off, you know, 50 copies or something. And, um, and yeah, started doing my own fanzines when I was 12. And, I mean, I, I started, I did my first big convention I, I set I I was you know it's like I was always persistent at this stuff so like you know like summer 1983 when I was 14 years old my parents somehow let me hop in a car with one of my 16 year old friends and drive three hours to Chicago for the uh, wow. you know Chicago for the Chicago comic-con you know for my little small town in Michigan that I, I lived in and um, and I was you know I published a handful of fanzines already at that point and I brought my own little folding table and I, you know, basically I went into the show and I said, can I, can I set up somewhere? And they were like, well, if you can find a spot where you're not blocking a fire exit or somebody else's display and, you know, they never let you do that these days, but, no, uh, you no. know, but, but, but it's like, yeah, so there I, you know, I found one little spot that fit that and there I was sitting in between, you know, Bill Willingham on one side of me and uh, Mike Sains on the other side of me. And, you know, a lot of people, I, I remember like, you know, you know, Rich, Rich Buckler uh, walking, walking up to my table and, and, you know, saying to me, how, how did you, you know, it's like, cause I'm this little scrawny 14 year old kid. He's like, how, how did you, you know, get a table? And it's like, I brought my own. <laughs> See, that's, that, that's the, that's the work ethic that's missing these days, man. There's so few people willing, I mean, granted now, yeah, you'd get hauled off in handcuffs if you tried to do that in a con now. But well, uh, <laughs> I mean, if you ask nicely and they let you, which is what they did, you know, you know, I was, I was probably this harmless looking, you know, I was a little scrawny kid you know and, and uh and yeah so i mean i was doing fanzines and i started standing in portfolio you know professional portfolio lines at that show when i was 14. but that's how i met like bob shrek who i later worked with it you know dark horse in dc and stuff or you know so i was i was already you know making those connections in those early days um and i'd already gotten to know a handful of professionals there, there was a there was a little comic scene around grand rapids michigan at the time which was the closest big city to me where i grew up and, um, uh, and, and yeah, so we, you know, I just, I was out there hustling from that early age. I mean, I got my first, I got my first professional tryout when I was 16 years old. I didn't get the job in the end, but the fact that, you know, I was already, you know, getting those nibbles and then, you know, but then, I mean, I sort of, you know, I, I, I wasn't being as pushy right after that because of course then it's like, oh, 
you know, I've got a driver's license and now I can, you know, go on dates and stuff. So I, I sort of slacked off, slacked off there for a couple of years. But, you know, by the time I was, uh, you know, 20, you know, like, in, like I got my first professional job between my sophomore and junior year of college, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, tell me about that. You're at Loyola. What are you studying at Loyola at that point? I mean, are you studying art? And, uh... Yeah, I was, a fine, I was a fine arts major. Okay. Um, I mean, what, you know, what, I mean, one reason I went to uh, Loyola was because it was one of the few schools where you could uh, be an art major and still take the full academic program. Okay. And which is which is something I wanted. I mean, a lot of you know, I got I, there were a few other universities I applied to and got into, but the problem was, you were in just the arts program, and I wanted a little bit of everything. So that's one reason why I picked Loyola. The other reason was it was Chicago. I mean, I really yeah. liked Chicago. I mean, you know that you know it's like that I wanted to be here, and and the best comic shop in Chicago was like a ten minute walk from Loyola. So you know that that, that helped too. Yeah, well, it's amazing what what <laughs> how how much a comic book shop and its uh, geolocation can sway one's uh, uh, life, for that matter. I, I I keep telling my girl, she's like, "Hey, let's you know move out of state." I'm like, "No, but I live down the street from the world's largest comic book store." You know, why would where I? Where are you? Uh, I'm in Denver. It's, uh, I'm oh, I'm, okay. I'm looking at snow right now. I'm I'm in the city in the the news. It's 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 crazy. That's where I'm wearing a coat. It's, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm Mile High Comics, and that's my local okay, yeah. comic books. Well, like, why would I leave? Denver? So, because my point is, is a comic book's geolocation could really sway one's uh, um, it can, life yeah. patterns. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. brought you to Loyola, and you're you're studying art, and then you get a job. You said between your sophomore and junior year, what's your first professional gig? Uh, I sold a couple little short bits to Gary Reed at Caliber Press that he then ran in Caliber Presents. Wow. All right. So, I, yeah, I was lucky to do that. And, um, yeah, and then, like, the next summer, I I had spent that part of my junior year, uh, at a, you know, doing doing a study in Rome. And I and I came back from, from that, you know, you know, w full of way too ambitious ideas for, for my meager talents at the time. And that, uh, you know, I was going to come back and do the great American graphic novel and, was, you know, uh, and trying to pitch stuff for that uh, when I came back. But... Um, you know, somebody at Innovation looked at my stuff and said, "Yeah, it looks like looks like you'd be a good inker. Do you want to, do you want to try inking?" I was like, "Sure, you know, I, I'll I'll give that a shot." And um and then same show, same day, I ran into one of the guys I used to do fanzines with up in Michigan, who was now penciling for Malibu, and he said, "Yeah, you know, we need an inker for my next miniseries. Do you want to give it a shot?" So it's like two people same day saying, "Hey, why don't you want to try inking?" And uh, you know, so I I uh, you know did the did the sample pieces. I convinced my parents to splurge for a plane ticket for me out to San Diego Comic-Con uh, so I could go meet with these publishers. And, you know, so, I mean, you know, st stayed at the YMCA because it was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm got to do this low budget. But, uh, uh, you know, went out there and, yeah, you know, I didn't get the job with Innovation, but I got the job making my friend at Malibu. And so I spent my senior year of college going to college but inking uh, Tim Eldred on Alienation for Malibu. Wow. and. And then uh, you know went to you know con continuing my my uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna make it kind of thing. I, I, I on my spring break that year I went to New York City, and with the help of you know some friends who either worked at Marvel or DC or had connections at DC, I got in and got appointments at both, and walked away with work from both companies. My first try, I was very very lucky. I I, I walked away with a flash annual from DC and an offer of a monthly book, which I couldn't do because I was still in school. <laughs> yeah, oh. so. You know, what yeah. was what was the book you couldn't do? Uh, Starman. Oh wow! 
Wow. Yeah, like the yeah, yeah. So I, I was offered I was offered Starman and it was like I can you know, I was like, No, I can't do it. I could start in a couple months, but I can't do it now. Um, cause I still had, you know, still had to finish my senior show and stuff. So I was very lucky. I walked away with the flash annual, managed to be doing that while I was still going to school. Um, you know, picked up a, like a pinup or two at Marvel and, um, but yeah, I was very, very lucky. And by that summer I was working full time in comics, both DC and Marvel comics. Look at you. You're, you're like the equivalent of a childhood actor just in comics, man, at 14 years old. And then here you are, you, 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 you make it and you still got your head together. I mean, you're, you're not all <laughs> like the child actors are, you know, they, most no, of them I grow mean, up. I, know. I mean, I was just, I've just been very lucky and I still consider myself to this day very fortunate. And it's like, I, I still, sometimes things will happen where I'm just like, how, 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 you know, me, why, you know, how am I, how am I the guy, you know, it's like, I'll be sitting at a table at a bar, you know, chatting with, uh, you know, Brian Bolland, who, mm-hmm. when I was, you know, 14, 15 years old, was my favorite artist in the entire world. I mean, we're just sitting at this bar, we're talking music and, and obscure 80s electronic bands and things like that. And he's, and, and, and it's like, and everyone's acting like it's perfectly normal, you know, and it's just like, okay, this is weird. You know, I mean, this is nice, but it's just, it's just, you know, still kind of surreal sometimes, you know, even though it's been, you know, 30 years I've been doing this professionally. But I still sometimes feel like the kid, cra- you know, kid crashing the party. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's that's not a bad feeling at all. That, that, that's awesome. I'm uh, I'm so happy to hear that. It's I I find that a lot of times, you know, people they they do comics at a younger age, and then by the time you know they're, they're 20 years in, they, they they hate the industry or it's soured them in some way or. No, I and you could no, tell. There's, just, there's still nothing. There's still nothing I'd rather do. I, I, I could tell it, but just by your work, because you know I've been privileged enough to see the preview of this uh, <laughs> this Kickstarter and all that, and I it just I was I was reading it and I thought, man, this this guy just loves what the hell he does. He loves this. This this is. Oh yeah. And, and uh, there's no denying it. So I'm 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 really happy to see that. You know, it's oh, it's thanks, not thanks. often that I get people that have been in the industry as long as you have that don't have some way to just talk down on it and all of these <laughs> heed my warning type of situations you, you you you've clearly embraced it and i love it i love it oh, yeah. um so uh i mean we, we've talked a lot about you know you, you learning to draw and everything uh what 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 was it that you refined your or refined your art or your writing is what i'm trying to say i mean what what, what type of influences did you have there because i mean you you're you're one of the rare breeds out there that have the capability to do both and not just skate by with it like you're you you could be a writer or you could be an artist and you you're you're both so well, i'm, I'm- I'm glad you think that, but, uh, you know, I mean, writing is, you know, it's like writing is really hard. It <laughs> it's is. Gotta be the, it's got to be the right kind of project. I can't, I, you know, I'm not one of those guys who'd be, you know, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> one second here. Just... Oh, sure. Yeah, no, I understand. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not one of those guys who could be suddenly, uh, you know, offered Iron Man and could suddenly start writing Iron Man or something. Um, it's got to be something that sort of fits my mindset you know and my sort of the kind of comics that i i i you know that just fit better for you know as i stumble around my words it, it, it's got to be the right kind of project for me to be able to write it like that so i mean i i have written comics yes but not that many most i mean the majority of them have been simone and ajax comics over the years but i mean yes i did write katie Keene for archie comics i did write an angel and the ape thing for dc um you know so but but as you can see none of those are exactly your slam bang superheroes or your dark gritty superheroes it, it, that you know that i i do 
certainly interested in giving that a shot sometime, given the right situation. But yeah. um, but uh, I think the reason I've, those other projects that I did write actually happened is because that fit what what works for me. And I feel uh, like uh, your your writing style totally fits your personality too. And I mean, when I met you at the table that day at the con, uh, I don't I, to this day I don't remember if it was C two E two or Denver, but it was one or the other. I remember red card. I, I was I was at both of those. Let's see, I went to Denver. I think it was last. Was I think it was last year? Well, it would it would have been the year before. Uh, either way, I don't. So know. So then it probably would have been it probably would have been C two E two more than because, likely. Yeah, C two E two I met every year because I live here in Chicago. Um, but uh, but yeah, Den Denver I've only been to twice, and it would, so I think I went last year, and then I was there about five years earlier. So gotcha, gotcha. Well, um, man, this is. <laughs> uh, so we talked oh. about you. You've breaking. Oh. You, you've done so oh, many. You Go ahead. Sorry, you asked about the right. I just realized I didn't answer your question. Oh shoot! I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell, yeah. tell me about it. The writing, the writing. So I mean, I'm great. You know, because yeah, I am. Because I mean, I love to share the comics I love with people, so I love to talk about them. So it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, Simone and Ajax were greatly influenced by a lot of fun other comics that I loved, uh, like Roy Crane's Washtubs and Captain Easy newspaper strips, which you can actually like behind me on the shelf here. Mm. This is the complete Washtubs and Captain Easy set that NBM did wow. years ago. Um, you know, that, that was a huge influence on the kind of fun stuff I'd like to do. I also, um, you know, in some ways, some of the, the earlier issues of, of Josie were full length issue stories and were kind of fun. Uh, you know, and, and I was influenced by, by that, or again, let's see, behind me on the shelf here. Uh, yeah, you know, you got the Carl Barks, uh, mm -hmm. Scrooge and Donald Duck comics, those kinds of adventures and, or, or like, uh, Sam and Max freelance police. If you if, do you know that one? Uh, I I'm not I'm not familiar with that one. No. Oh, you should definitely check that out. I mean, that was definitely the surrealness of that. The zany, the zany surrealness of that is certainly uh, uh, something that, that that inspired me. Or the Gumby specials from the uh, the 80s. Have you seen those Gumby specials? Uh, yes. Yes. You know yes. that you know that Art Adams drew. I mean, the, 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 you know, it's like so there there were these. It was just these these fun, fast paced wacky zany adventures where almost anything could happen and that's the kind of thing that i wanted to be able to tell me stories or or the angel and the ape comics or something that i mentioned a few minutes ago the, the, you know from the 60s those were fantastic and i was lucky enough to actually get to do uh, an angel and the ape or i've been actually lucky enough to to draw an uncle scrooge cover or even ink carl barks on a lot on a on a, on a on a lost carl barks cover that they found the, you know the pencils for and asked me to finish uh it Man, what it's, it's so incredible. And like I was kind of saying, I think that's what I was getting to when we were talking about the, or I diverted to the cons, is that when I when I was able to meet you, I could tell just by talking to you, your personality matched your writing style and your drawing style so much. And what I mean by that is fast and fun and enthusiastic and bold. And I mean, it's just uh, talking to you was so, it was a spitting image of your work. Uh, totally. Oh, thank you. Thanks. And it, it, it just makes sense. The, this, yeah. this, I mean, I could see why you, you wouldn't be super into writing an Iron Man story right off the bat because Iron Man isn't that that type of gig. I mean, you, Betty and Veronica, that's your type of gig, man. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> I, I'd have fun writing writing that. Or you know, I've, I've pitched, yeah, I've, I've I've pitched you know Archie-ish projects that haven't happened, but uh, yeah, no, that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, the. Um, uh, you know, and in fact, you know, you mentioned how I, I fit the writing. I mean, well, with Simone and Ajax, I mean, I often, you know, people ask me, it's like, Simone and Ajax are sort of two different sides of me. Mm -hmm. 
and I, I hope that that ringing phone isn't picking up too much on the microphone. Oh no, it's that's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's you know I, I'm one of those people who actually still has a landline, so it's ringing up in my office upstairs. The kids have. I remember to turn off the cell phone, but uh, yeah. the the kids listening have no idea what you're talking about right now. They have no right. idea what a landline is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, what, but, am I being uh, pulled yeah, over right now? <laughs> but some, yeah, but Simone and Ajax are both, in, in some ways two different sides of me. And I, uh, you know, and and so that's one reason why yes, those would probably match. You know, my writing style would match that because you know there are days where I'm more you know like like Ajax and I'm you know a little more trepidatious and a little more cautious and uh, or there's days where I'm like Simone and I'm like yeah let's go out there and have some fun and worry about the consequences later you mm-hmm. know. So. Yeah, I like I said I could totally see that in you, man. Just in the small interaction I had with you, and it's all the all the more affirming now that we've been talking for about 30 minutes now so um let's let's do what you came here to do man let's let's talk about this kickstarter i'm excited to talk about it i'm excited to back it that's for sure having a six-year-old girl uh this is i mean like i said there's there's a poster in a room already i mean it's it's, this this is it's gonna be a hit um that there's no doubt about it so and this is a compilation. Am I am I right? This is this is right. Uh, tell us all right. about it. Okay. Well, um, you know, Simone and Ajax. You know, the, the 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 stories could be any length, but which is why I'm not like doing them necessarily as individual. You know, twenty four page story issues. You know, four floppy issues or something like that. I'm doing a collection, um, and in some ways, it's because uh, ten years ago. Uh, IDW put out a collection of the on, of an online version I've been doing where I was posting like a page, a little a little chapter a week for a while there through a, a site called Comic Mix. And then IDW did this collection. And, and of everything I've ever done, this 128-page collection from IDW is the thing I'm most proud of in my entire career because it is, it is the one thing I'd ever completely created, wrote, drew my, myself. And... So in, in some ways, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to see, can I make another book that I can be just as proud of? And I'm hoping that this is, this is going to be that, that book. So yeah, I'd, I'd written, uh, you know, I, I wasn't going to write a 128-page Simone and Ajax story. They don't, you know, that isn't quite usually what, what, would they, what they would do. But I've got uh, four stories in it that will add up to over 100 pages of comics. Uh, there's a pirate adventure, because who doesn't love pirates, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, uh, and, and, and that's one of the stories I've been wanting to tell for like 25 years. There was a, there was actually a, in, in the back of the very first comic book published Simone and Ajax story in 1994, there was a, you know, stories coming soon. And there was a shot of Simone and Ajax in this little pirate uh, pose that turned out to be pretty much the exact same pose I used when I drew the first page of the story all the years later. Um, and and so there's, and because I can send them any time or place, everything, you know, just they, I can put them any time or place I want to. So after the pirate adventure, they're in the old West and they're having, you know, cowboys and, and, and cactuses and all sorts of fun. And, um, you know, and, and after the Western story, then they go to Transylvania mm-hmm. and they face, you know, a vampire and a werewolf and a Frankenstein monster because why not? They can. And that's going to be the longest story in the book. Oh, I, I, I'm I'm glad to hear that because it sounds like I mean that's definitely the one that I'm most attracted to for sure. I mean they all sound right. awesome, but come on, vampires yeah. and werewolves and in uh, mm-hmm. this yeah. universe, bring it yeah, on. Yeah, that one's 
Yeah, that one's called Monster Mia. Monster Mia. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. And and you know, as 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 you know, I, I don't want to give much away, but I'll just say, you know, as you read the story, you you know, you might figure out why it's called Monster Mia. Um, so just you know, hopefully hopefully people can have some fun with that. With the you know, it's a, there's there's a little extra game you can play with that story beyond just reading it. I love it. My gears are turning, man. My gears are turning. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I close the book. I close the book with the shortest story in the book. Okay. Uh, which is which is another Ajax Private Eye story. Everyone has always seemed to like. The, I've, I've been doing Ajax Private Eye stories since the early days of doing this 25 years ago, um, and everyone always seems to like that Ajax. You know, is, being a three foot tall, cute little cartoony dinosaur is not exactly a, an imposing figure. But mm-hmm. you know, he goes out there. He puts on his little his little detective hat. And he goes out there and acts all tough as nails and, you know, narrate, you know, narrates his adventures. He goes along with all the snappy patter and the alliteration like you would find in a lot of these old stories. And it's just, it's just a lot of fun to do those. And he, he, you know, he's taken it all so seriously, you know, Simone's along for the ride on that one. Cause she just thinks he's adorable when he does this. And, <laughs> you know, she'll go put on a 1940s dress and stuff and, and join in the adventure. And uh, so, yeah. And I mean, it, so yeah, it's a compilation in the book of those four stories, and then, um, and so the entire book is going to be, like I said, 128 pages, and so I'm going to fill out what, uh, the remaining handful of pages of the book with a bunch of other Simone and Ajax rarities, pinups I've done for different uh, different you know publications at different times, or maybe my Christmas cards. That yeah, I've done I saw that you were covers. doing Christmas cards. I was like, I gotta see these, man. This is the Simone and Ajax Christmas cards. I can't wait. Oh um, yeah, I've done a Simone and Ajax Christmas. card. Christmas card almost every year since 1989 oh. uh, and and so I mean you know most of them have been black and white so they actually won't be in this book I'll be saving this for a future collection Ooh. of Simone Ajax of all the early black and white stuff but uh, but any of the color Christmas cards that I've done I'm going to try to include in this one or just you know drawings I've done for friends or things like that so that that just to give people a bunch of rarities that they haven't seen and so yeah but still you've got your you know your solid hundred some pages of comics in there uh, with you know fun, fast-paced adventures, the book will be available uh, both print version and digital. Because uh, awesome. you know, I, I I still like a book you can hold in your hands oh, and pay, me too. on paper. But you know, some people you know prefer the digital. So I want to make sure you know you. I want to make sure you you get it in a form you like it. And you know, I know people are putting a lot of faith and trust in me and handing me their money when this is not something they can immediately get in their hands. Like I like I said earlier. The book is well along, but it's still going to take me a few months to finish it, to finish drawing it. And it's still going to take a couple months beyond that to get it printed and start packaging it up to mail it to people. So people are going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting on the campaign uh, an April delivery date and I'm, I'm oh. pretty sure I can, I can hit that. I'm hoping I can hit March, you know, that, that you know, but, um, but still it's, it's a few months off. And so I want to make sure people aren't just sitting there going, well, am I ever going to see this or not? So what I'm going to do for people, because uh, I, I know I know I like to get a little, you know, a little sneak peek at what's, what's coming up. Uh, I'm going to be delivering to them along the way the whole series as four digital issues as well as I finish each thing. Oh, that's awesome. See, that's yeah, that's so. that's really smart. I haven't seen that done yet in, in, in any of the campaigns that I've followed. Mm. So that that's wise. I like that. Yeah, no, I got. I actually got that idea from Dan Parent and Fernando Ruiz at their Die Kitty Die campaigns. Um, you know, I've 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 done you know a couple pinups for them in the past, and then on this latest one that they just did, I'm actually inking all of Dan's pages, and I guess drew one of the chapters of, of Kitty in there. So you know, I got the idea from that. A lot of what I'm doing is greatly inspired by Dan and Fernando's uh, campaigns, 
and how they've done their stuff. I, I, they, they've been a great inspiration on this. And so, yeah, but, I, but, I, but it's like, yeah, so about a month after the campaign, I mean, since it's already done, I will deliver to them the first digital issue with the pirate story and then the second digital issue with the Western story. And then because Monster Mia is so long, the first two thirds are going to be in the third issue. Mm, and, okay. then the four, and then the fourth issue is going to be uh, a split issue with the last part of Monster Mia and then the, and then the detective story. It's perfect. Keep them wanting more. It's it's it's, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. I want you know. And that way they have. And that way they're not sitting here wondering, will I ever see this? I mean, we've all seen the Kickstarters where it's like, yes, you know, eventually you get the book, but it might take. You know, you're wondering for the next year, will you ever see this book? And oh, yeah. I and I I, I want to be. I want to make sure people are happy and feel comfortable with their decision to trust me uh, and and take a chance on this. Uh, well, I'm glad you say that because, like I've been saying, I've been getting all types of Kickstarter uh, mail calls, some of which I've they. Back years ago, I mean, well over almost two years ago, I totally forgot that I had even backed it. Uh, I mean, it's just I figured it was just gone in the wind or whatever. So I mean, to be reassured and reminded throughout the whole way, maybe I would have been a little bit more excited. But it got to the point where I backed something. I was like, well, I forgot. What well, what is this? Is this did I get this by my by mistake or what? I mean, it's just be, because I didn't have that. I mean, if it's gonna take time, then I, I like the way you're doing it. You just keep us reminded that it's it's coming out and assured. Right, but um, hopefully it's not too much time to wait because it's all, it's going to be about six months after the yeah, campaign that's before nothing. I can deliver the books and and uh, you know so I'm, I'm that's that's my plan and you know and, and uh, as 2020 has taught us we can never know quite what's going to happen next and so you know I mean I I, I want to be one of those people who is proactive and and make sure I keep communication going out there because yeah you know there could be a, a bump in the road I could suddenly end up with you know th those murder hornets we missed could suddenly show up on my back porch yeah. you know and, and then you know I might get a little delayed but you know but I'm gonna let people know if anything goes wrong but uh, but I'm, I'm hoping I, I things you know thing it, it's been it's certainly been an interesting learning curve learning how to do this this being my very first one of these campaigns that I'm running myself uh, but uh, but I, I've, I've had a lot of help from a lot of good people who've, who are pros at this like you know like I said Dan Parent Fernando Ruiz or Brian Polito has been a lot of help uh, oh, you know, nice. Jimmy, Pal not, Jimmy Palmiotti's given me some advice Trevor Mueller a bunch of, you know a bunch of people have been really helpful with uh, time and info to, to, to help so that I could go into this you know, having at least a, a a reasonable understanding of what I was doing, as opposed to just going into it with that without a clue. Well, it's good to know that you're surrounding yourself with people with a successful Kickstarter background. Uh, it doesn't get any more successful on Kickstarter than Brian Polito. Uh, he holds, no, no, I think he holds the world record for the fastest funded Kickstarter at all time in like two I, I seconds. I think he holds the record for the. Yeah, I think he holds the record for the. I think he said the other day the top five comics Kickstarters on on on. Uh, on, on there, so it's like, yeah, he, he he definitely knows what he's doing. He's been very generous with his time and and knowledge and stuff, and uh, so I've been very I very much appreciate him helping with that. That's awesome. Um, now, uh, what what made you decide to to do a crowdfunding route? I mean, and not go through IDW or something like that. I, I mean, is it is it just because of the? I mean, well, I don't know. You tell me. There's a, a thousand different variables that could play into yeah, that decision. Well. I talked to a, a lot of different publishers over the last few years, and and you know e either they weren't interested or I wasn't interested in perhaps the way they wanted to do it, you know, it, or just you know just never quite meshed. Gotcha. And and so you know I and I saw the success that you know Dan or you know friends like Giselle Lagasse or, or you know or other friends of mine were having with this. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a shot and try you know so I can do this my way. I mean, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully it goes well. Hopefully it doesn't fail spectacularly, but I'm, I'm, you know, but I wanted to give it a shot to do this 
this project I've been dreaming of and, and my way. And, and because I, I, you know, it's like without going into, you know, details, it's like I've had a couple close calls in, in the last few years and I want to make sure that I finish my dream project in case something ever happens. I mean, it's a, you know, sort of an, you know, morbid way to look at it in some ways, but it's like, no, it's just like, I want to make sure that, that I have finished doing what I set out to do. Cause I, you know, I've been, like I said, some of these stories I've been wanting to do for years. Now, on the other hand, I'm being optimistic and hoping that this is only the first of many Kickstarters. That's I'm hoping right. that this goes well. I am, I, I already have three others planned, you know, starting in the planning stages you know, so I'm, I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm gonna just, just, you know, go into this thinking, okay, this is gonna do well enough that I can do some more of these. And so I've got, uh, uh, I mentioned earlier, there were the old black and white Simone and Ajax stories; uh, those have never been collected. Uh, oh. And and so I also got another book's worth there. So I, I want to go and finish. I have, to, I have I'm gonna have to actually go in and, and do some some digital restoration on the art because it's deteriorated over the years. But uh, um, uh, I'm I'm going to go in, you know, but it's about even already even at this point about three quarters that digital restoration is done, so I don't have that much left to go to cl to clean it up. So I want to finish that book and include some of those Christmas cards I mentioned. I mean, there were years I did entire mini comics, Simone and an entire Simone Ajax adventure as my Christmas card, and so I want to include some of these, uh, you know, in, in there and and just you know, so that's one of them. Uh, there's a, a different project that uh, you can find on my website. Yes, I should mention that you know I've, I've relaunched um, both my websites in, in in the last few weeks, so people can if they want to find out more about me and my Kickstarter. Uh, because I mean, as of this recording, we don't have the actual Kickstarter link to give anybody, but uh, you can go to peepoy.com, p-e-p-o-y.com, and they'll as soon as that link is available, that'll be the first thing you see on the page. Uh, gotcha. we'll, we'll, you know, we're already planning ahead to get that get that link up there the moment I know. And same thing for SimoneAndAjax.com. So it's Simone with an E, S-I-M-O-N-E, and Ajax.com. Uh, and again, same thing at that site. And even right now, you could go on those sites and sign up for my newsletter so that, you know, assuming everything goes as planned and at 12 Eastern on, on this coming Monday, the 14th, September 14th, that newsletter will go out with that link uh, that'll that'll have all that info as well. Uh, but yeah, and on my website you can you can get a little uh, you know read read the, uh, the the original pitch for Monica Moon, which I'm I'm hoping to do next year as well. Another another project of my own that I've been wanting to do for a while. Okay, right on. Uh, well, so Monica Moon, I mean, this is something new in the works that we haven't seen yet. Well, it's been seen a little bit in a way. Um, she was originally created for a, uh, a, a Spanish publisher who'd asked me to come up with something and that didn't, didn't pan out there. But then I had a small uh, American publisher that uh, went in and out of business so fast uh, that, that they, you know, we started on it. They paid me for the 10 page story I did with her as sort of an, in, you know, a little, little preview of her. Uh, and then we were going to launch into a mini series, but uh, yeah, I ended up doing like, so my very, only other self-publishing under my own imprint, Spicy Tomato Studios, uh, was a little self-published one-shot of Monica Moon that I just sold at appearances at conventions. I never tried to actually get distribution on it or anything. Okay. And, and so I, I, I did that. So she's, she has appeared, but not, you know, only a few hundred copies. So not that many people have seen her. But, uh, but you know, those who have seem to like her. And, and I have like this one, there's this one super fan of Monica Moon uh, who, has, who has collected 
like always has tracked down from around the world almost all the artwork I did for it because I sold some of these pages, you know, certainly here in the U.S. I sold some in, when I was uh, doing uh, some shows in Germany, and and you know he he's I think he managed to track down all but one page of the Monica Moon artwork wow. and, and and bought you know whatever I still had and he's and his encouragement and his direct support on this is is one of the things that's helping drive me to do this. Uh, so yeah, so uh, that'll you know you, yeah it's like. The, the fans can have a big effect on somebody's life, knowing that, knowing that someone's out there really wanting to see it. And, and the response I got to it, like, say, when I was in Germany, uh, you know, here in the U.S., you know, certainly people bought, you know, I did sell plenty of copies. But in Germany, I certainly got a lot of people asking me, you know, what's this and, and wanting to see more. So it was, uh, it was encouraging. And so, yeah, so I'm, uh, with, with the help of this, this super fan I mentioned, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to finally write that because this is another project that's been sitting in my sketchbook for a number of years that i've been wanting to do that's... and it's inspired by a lot of the old retro space stuff i mean like the, the the very first real cartoonist i ever met when i was 10 years old was rick yeager who had drawn the buck rogers newspaper strip from 1933 to 58 wow. and so i've always loved all those old fins spaceships and the bubble helmets and stuff so it's it's a it's a sort of a, a fun fun play on that but with also like a lot of a touch of some of the dave stevens stuff that i grew up loving and that's awesome. I, oh, I yeah. can't wait to see that. And that's something that you, I mean, probably go the Kickstarter route. Uh, that's what I'm planning. Yeah, that's one of the, right, yeah. I, I think that this is actually, and I, I hate using the term new normal these days, but when it comes to the, the comic book industry and indie creators, I really do think Kickstarter is going to start becoming a new normal thing. It's not, I mean, when you got people like Keanu Reeves doing comic book Kickstarters now, uh, right. it's, it's, it's clearly, I mean, it, it's not... To use the the TV film comparison, back in the day, you were either a film star or a TV star. You know, in comics, you either worked for Marvel, or you begged for money on Kickstarter. And that's that's not anything to be looked down upon anymore. Now the people no, that no. are running Marvel are launching Kickstarters and shit. It seems so. It's <laughs> right, right. Or as or as someone mentioned to me yesterday, I mean, had Kickstarter existed back in the '60s and in '70s, we might have had more Orson Welles movies. You know, or, 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 you know, Orson Welles, you know, and Martin Scorsese, you know, try, you know, they've, you know, people like that who had so many movie projects they wanted to do that they couldn't get Holly, you know, the Hollywood establishment to back. They could have probably gone, you know, to a Kickstarter route and, and gotten these gotten these projects to, to exist. And that's what that's one of the things, because, like, you know, if you have people who, who are interested in what you're doing, they want to help you see it happen. I mean, I'm on, you know, because I'm also on, you know, the the consumer side of, of a Kickstarter so many times. And I've backed about 125 Kickstarters myself, well, you know, and, and, you know, because I will hear of these projects and it's like, I want this to exist. Mm -hmm. I want it. I want this to be a reality. It sounds like a great idea. And, you know, for whatever reason, you know, maybe the, you know, some other publisher hasn't had, you know, a, a, you know, like, hasn't decided to just pick this up and pay them to do it. But it's like, you know, these people want to see it happen. I want to see it happen. I mean, so I know the excitement of like being part of it and helping it, you know, become a reality. I mean, one of my favorite was, uh, there was a local, a, a, someone wanted to open a, a local burlesque theater here in Chicago. And, and, and that was like one of the, one of the first things I ever backed on a crowdfunding uh, form. And I gave them, you know, a little money. And then I, you know, they, they gave us a tour of the space. And, and you know, once they were about halfway through building, and it was like, yeah, this, you know, I got really excited about wanting this this thing to exist, and 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 so I, I gave him a little, you know, I gave him a little more money, and 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 so did other people, and it did end up existing, and it was a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, so yeah, you know, you 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 want to help share in someone's dream, and so I'm hoping, 
people will, you know, go to SimonaAjax.com or Peepoy.com and click on the Simone and Ajax link and read a little bit about them. And like I said, hopefully within the next few days, we'll have the Kickstarter, you know, preview page up. And then hopefully as of Monday, the actual page, and they can really find more about what it is I want to do. And I'm hoping they can get ex as, you know, as excited about this as I am, or at least a little excited, you know, while I'm, I'm really excited, I hope they get excited enough that they want to help back it. Or if they even just want to get the word out. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I, I know time, you know, this, you know, times are tough during this year. This is, you know, this is a lot of people don't have their jobs. So, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for, yes, if they back it, but I'm also grateful if they'll share it on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or wherever they're just, you know, tell, tell their friend, you know, it's like if they've got, a, you know, even if they think it's kind of, you know, it's like not their, their cup of tea, if they're like, Oh yeah, but uh, you know, my, my pal Tim or, you know, my, my friend Josie, you know, they, they'd probably, you know, they probably go for this. I'll, I'll tell them. So I'm, I'm great. You know, I, I am grateful for any help I can get to get the word out there and try to make this actually happen. Well, and I, I think having a successful Kickstarter um, uh, through, or well, uh, through the fans is probably a little bit more affirming than some corporate person saying this is good. Um, and, and instead, you have all of the people that you're trying to, well, you're, you're, you're projected audience saying yes no we want this this is good now give it to us i mean it's got to feel so much better having something put out there w through the sake of the fans compared to, like i said not to say that oh you know the people yeah. that run the, the I, indies are a I'm, bunch of I'm, suits but yeah I'm, I'm happy for either thing to happen to be honest well, no, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, 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 i'm one of those guys who always like i'm just you know i'm just happy i'm getting to make comics i mean you know so so it's sort of like Am I grateful to the fans for their support? Definitely. But am I also grateful to the editor who pulls the plug, you know, not pulls the plug, but, you know, you know, pulls the trigger on one of my projects, you know? Um, you know, yes. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, I just, like you, like we've talked about, I just love making comics, so I'm just happy to get them out there. And Kickstarter seemed to be the right way to go with this, so that I could do this my way because this is sort of an oddball project this is not, to, you know, this is, this, is, this, is, this is a little wacky, a little zany. And so, um, you know, I and I and certainly like I, like I said, there were some people who wanted me to make you know some some drastic changes to it. And it's like, no, I want to I want to give this the best shot I think I can give it, and I want to give it the you know it, it it's got to come from my heart, and and so that's how I'm trying to do it on this one. And Kickstarter it. hopefully is giving me the way to to do that. I, lo I love it. Um, I know that as soon as I get the uh, the Kickstarter link, it's going to be in the description of the episode as well. All of the links that you mentioned are all going to be right there in your face. So uh, as soon as this episode right. goes up, everybody's going to know where to go, and they'll go okay. there. You're, you're, they're, yeah. they're, 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 they will. The, it's it, this is going to be a success. I I know it. I, I hope so. I hope so. I'm, I I don't want to you know I don't want to like jinx anything by saying yeah you know. But it's like no, I'm, I'm I'm hoping. Like I said, I'm trying to set my 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 goal you know, reasonably enough that I'm hoping I can, you know, make this happen. And, and if we can go beyond that goal, wonderful. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be thrilled with that too. And I do have some fun stretch goals in mind. Okay. Yeah. That um, was my next question. You do have some stretch goals in mind, I would hope, because we are going to go past your, your goal, whatever it is. I'm, 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 I'm certain yeah, of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, my, I'm, I'm asking 10,000, which will allow me to actually get the book published and, and pay my colors because, you know, I, I, you know, I do everything else in it except for the uh, the, the, the digital colors that uh, Jason Millay does, and he does a wonderful job mm -hmm. on it. Um, and uh, you know, and and so I want to make sure that that happens. But uh, yeah, if we can go beyond that, I you know some of the other things I'm thinking about are certainly some some upgrades in the quality of the book. 
you know, the book can happen as a paperback, but I want, I, you know, I, I'd love to, you know, with no additional cost to anybody, be able to upgrade it to a hardcover. No way, uh, man. That's, that's and, unheard of. <laughs> that, that's, well, that's... No, again, that was inspired by Dan and Fernando and theirs. That's usually wow. one of the first big stretch goals is, you know, if we can meet the original goal, you get a paperback. But if we can get to, you know, if we can get a little bit more, you know, we can, we can actually just upgrade everyone to a hardcover. And that's, wow. that's, that, that's, that's why you don't see the actual final cover for the uh, for the for the actual book yet because the logistics of how you have to design that cover if it's a paperback versus a hardcover mm. are different and so I'm not going to actually draw the final cover for the uh, for, for the collection until I know what level you know what what printing process we're using on this uh, because you know it, it's I, I still draw on paper unlike many other people so so you know for, for me I can't just suddenly say oh well not we're gonna do a hardcover so now I can just like you know, do this and add this digitally and stuff like that. No, I, I still like working on paper. So I'm going to, and, and for the cover, I'm going to actually do a hand colored illustration like I did on the previous collection. Um, it's not going to be digital, you know, digital color on a black and white line drawing. It's going to be uh, ink and watercolor and pastels and gouache and, and, you know, color pencil and whole mixed media kind of full color illustration. And so I, you know, I'm going to wait until I know exactly what format we're, we're publishing this in before I, before I draw that. But yeah, I'd love to make it a hardcover for everyone. I'd love to make it a sort of, you know, some nice hard, some extra nice printing effects on the cover for a hardcover. So that'll be another stretch goal. But then I'll, I'll have, you know, more your, you know, kind of stretch goals where you get something uh, additional like uh, prints and stickers and bookmarks. And, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I can hope that we go beyond that. But on the other hand, I, you know, that, that's what I've got, you know, actually planned and budgeted at the moment uh so we'll we'll see what happens i love it hope for the hope for hope for the best <laughs> well I, I i expect the best i do i this is uh, it, it's a i'm sorry I, I know you don't want to jinx it you don't have to say it but no, i'm gonna go ahead but, and say uh, it, 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 it's it, this is this is a winner for sure uh oh go ahead yeah and i should probably tell people a little bit about simone and ajax yeah no tell them all about it yeah yeah, you know, I mean, it just, it just occurred to me. It's like we've been talking about this project, but it's like you know, you can't see it. You know, you can't, you can't. We're, we're not holding it up to the microphone for you, so you can't see. You know, yeah, I guess I'm kind as of the old, as the old joke goes. You know, it's like I have a friend. I have a friend who does radio, and that's one of his usual jokes when they're talking about something on there. Is uh, you know, when I'm listening to his show, it's like, oh yeah, we got this great clipping from this 1948 paper. I'll hold it up to the microphone for you. But um, yeah. yeah, I know. It's, it's, a, it's a, you know, but uh, anyway, um, but yeah. So Simone and Ajax is the um, is the rather bizarre and wacky and fun adventures of Simone, a 20-something cute girl, and her best pal, not her pet, I will stress, her best pal, mm -hmm. uh, uh, a, a small three-foot-tall cartoony dinosaur. And, they're, uh, and, and they can go to any time or place I feel like sending them. Uh, it's usually very, you know, if you're looking for something that's super deep and meaningful, it, well, you might not find that here. This is going to be fun, <laughs> wacky, nonstop adventure. Um, and, and, uh, I lost my train of thought, but, uh, yeah, so, so I'm, 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 you know, like, since you can't see it and, you know, you, you're, you, you might not be able to figure it out from what we've just described. I mean, some of the other comics that like have been described compared to is, uh, like one of my favorite quotes I ever got was, 
you know, the look of an Archie comic, but the sensibilities of a Marx Brothers movie. See, and I, I, I promise you, I said something like that just a few minutes before I got on the phone with you. I was showing it to my, my girlfriend. I was like, you see, that's the poster right there. And I was showing her the, the, the preview that you sent me. And I was like, this, how, how is, this is so much like Archie. And it, it, yeah, she was so into it. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, my number one influence is Dan DiCarlo, who <laughs> was the artist on Betty and Veronica for 50 years. And I was lucky enough to know Dan in the you know, later days of his life. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's been compared to that. It's been compared to Bone, to, Cer to, to like, the, you know, Cerebus, uh, to Karl Barks's Uncle Scrooge. You know, these are all, you know, in my, you know, I'm thrilled when I hear people comparing me to that kind of stuff because those are the kind of things that inspire me. And, and so, yeah, if you, if you know, so if you've liked Bone and you've liked Uncle Scrooge and, and, and you know, you, you've liked, uh, you know, some of the sort of Archie adventure type stuff, you know, the, the, hopefully this, uh, this is something you'll like, and it's full of lots of jokes, lots of silliness, uh, puns everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, and like I said, there's there's little like I said there's there's little secret games you can play. Like in the in the uh, IDW book, uh, in the uh, detective story, there was you know you, you you know you could try to figure out how many Humphrey Bogart movie titles did I work in into the dialogue of the story. I love it. Uh, and then there's a game that I'm not going to give away that is in the Monster Mia story. In, in this one and you can sort of you know can, can you pick up on what the game even is and then what you know what 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 can you do with it um, rereadability is what that creates right there is rereadability mm -hmm. and that's yeah. that, that that's important these days because so many times you know you read something and it's great but do you i mean why go back to it when you when you mention things like that like yeah no what, I, oh, I missed something now i gotta go play what is this yeah, game yeah, yeah. so it's, it, I, I love it it's it's awesome yeah. And I also want to stress, even though I've mentioned, you know, that they have this 30-year history, you don't have to have read, you know, set, you know, 1,700, you know, other stories uh, to to grasp what's going on in this. The stories, each of the stories, are standalone stories. Um, I try to establish sort of who the characters are in the first few pages, you know, like what, what the character is, so that you, you know, you sort of immediately, even if even if you just chose to read Monster Mia and the and not the other three stories in this. You know, hopefully it would stand stand on its own well enough that you could just immediately get the hang of what Simone and Ajax is, and then just have a good time with it. And you know, and and you don't have to necessarily worry about everything else. Uh, see, things like this, uh, you know, it, it really is what we need. You know, everybody wants to create the the, the most serious. You know, the, the, like you said, the the great American graphic novel. Like whatever I mean, the the comics book strips and the the Garfields and the things like that. When I when I read this preview, that's what it took me back to, is that that, that even as an adult, you know, yes, it may seem like it may be directed towards a younger audience, but as an adult, the the, the feeling of nostalgia I got reading this, it, it took me back to the old cartoon type, you know, comic book strip type of type of feeling I got from this and the fact that you could just open up any any page in a Garfield flip book and you not have to worry about what happened or whatever it's the same type of thing here just newer and better and different and more unique and ah it's yeah. it's, it's, it's like I said it's what people need right now and I'm, and I'm, hoping, awesome I'm hoping so I'm hoping so yeah and and but on, at the same time like you know you it while while I'm hoping any kid can pick this up and have a good time with it it's all. I try to write it on a couple levels, so there are there, there's often something that that you know adults can pick up on that you know the kids aren't even going to notice that they're missing this, but hopefully the adults will pick up on some of these other little hints and and 
references that maybe the, the kids don't get at all, you know, but because uh, there, there, there sometimes is a little bit more of a message in there than, than, than maybe the kid might get at first. So, well, I, and once again, I think that's just smart marketing. You know, a, a lot of the greatest cartoons were <laughs> meant for kids, weren't so meant for kids. You know, they had to make it, you know, so that adults can watch it too. I mean, that's where Ren and Stimpy and that whole idea came from. I was like, yeah, hey, it's for right, kids, right. but we got to make sure that, you know, the people that are paying the cable bill are going to want to be in the same room while this is going on too. So it's this, it, I love it. I love what you did here. I, I love that people are going, you know, you can create a kid's book now without it being just Barney and friends, you know, it's, it's, it's right. so much more that there are layers is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I try. I mean, some stories are just, just plain fun. Like the detective story, I'm not trying to get any little more subtle point across, you know, that one's just, just plain hard boiled mockery, um, you know, of that genre, you know, it, it, it's, it's just so much fun with that. But, uh, you know, but then sometimes, yeah, there are extra little, extra little games or an extra little, you know, hidden reference here or there that I just, uh, you know, try to, Try to put in so everybody can have a fun time with it, you know. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Andrew, this and, is... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I, I, right. <laughs> I know, we got a lot going on. There's so much to talk about with this. I mean, I, I can't imagine where your brain's at. You, I, I could see your excitement in this. Yeah. I, I, could, I could feel your enthusiasm with this book, so... I'm sure that you want to say everything, but you know you can say nothing at the same time. So. <laughs> right. Well, I'm just I'm just hoping if people are looking for some fun, and the world could certainly use some more fun right now, that they'll that they'll give this a look and give it a chance. And oh, and I should mention, um, you know, not only can you re you know read about them, you actually at the, the Simone and Ajax website, uh, you can also read previews of the stories that are completed. So oh. the uh, and and so the. Uh, uh, pirate story and the western story there's the first six pages of each of those stories up on the website so you can get a little sample of what it's of what it's like so you're not just going completely in blind and certainly as soon as i can get a few pages each done of monster mia and the detective story i will get a, i will get some of those up and i'm hoping you know my plan is during the course of the kickstarter to still be working on uh, on this and along the way get to show people a few pages of each because like I said they're entirely written in thumbnails so the pages are already designed and, and all the dialogues there I just need to sit down and actually you know draw some pages well uh, I, I know you're gonna as soon as that Kickstarter goes up you're gonna you're gonna be motivated yeah you when as soon as it's gonna it's gonna be funded quick and you're you're, you're gonna want it to just get out there I'm telling you this is gonna happen it, it's it's a beautiful thing that I was looking at what you sent me what, what's fixing to happen and transpire it's like it's we all need this man i'm so glad you're doing this i'm so glad that everything is lining up in the way it is i think that like i said the silver lining in all of this is well yeah we're we're gonna get another awesome kickstarter comic done by a legend that normally you wouldn't think would be going to kickstarter but it's just the new normal and no, here we I are. mean yeah i mean that's the thing it's it's the new normal the world keeps changing the world keeps evolving and and this you know it's like Another few years from now, who knows what the comics landscape is going to look like? But it won't look like what it looked like five years ago. Uh, no, so, there's absolutely yes. not. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, everything keeps evolving. And this, you know, it, it's like, I mean, any way of getting comics out there to people that actually gets them to the people is a good medium to get them to the people. Yes. So whether you know, it's like you know, when when I first started reading comics as a little kid. There wasn't a direct sales market. I mean, there was the, the the infancy of it, but I didn't know that existed. I was still buying them off the spinner rack, 
you know, at, uh, um, you know, drugs, you know, a little drugstore in downtown Holland or, you know, the little, or the, you know, the little magazine rack at the mini mart, not far from my house. That was, you know, how I, you know, how you found comics and how a lot of kids found comics in those days. These days, there aren't spinner racks in, in the drugstores. No. So, you know, that's not, a, so the, you know, the comics world evolved and it will continue to evolve. Yeah. And, and so this is just another, another step in the evolution. So, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that this, this new, new world exists because it, it didn't a while back. And if it had, if, if Kickstarter existed back in the nineties, when I was originally doing the Simone Dix comics, I probably would have, uh, I probably would have done it then. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. Uh, no, I don't even want to get, wrap my brain around that big old if. <laughs> uh, yeah. Man, this is this has been a pleasure. I, I can't wait for this book to come out. Um, I know I'm going to be glued to Kickstarter on Monday. I can't wait to see the official Thanks. launch of all this. And when this episode goes up, I do plan on it launching the day of the Kickstarter. So okay, great, yeah, great. This, and, and you know, I'll keep, I will, you know, you'll, you'll have that link for me as soon as Kickstarter gets back to me with the link, you know, I'm just watching my email all the time, you know, so mm-hmm. the campaign's written, submitted, I think Labor Day threw a little monkey wrench into, into getting things zipped through, you know, but yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, uh, you know, like I said, and if, and if there are any changes in the plans, I will let you know, and I will post it on my website. So, but, but as far as I know, as of, as of the time we're recording this, uh, 12 Eastern on Monday, September 14th is the plan for the launch. I love it. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, listeners. Thank, thank you for having me. You know, oh, I really appreciate it. This is, this has been my pleasure. I'm telling you, I, I you don't know what it meant to me when I, I just got a random email from you. I was like, ah, this guy, it's, oh, it, it meant, it, I don't know. It just, to me, it took the podcast to another level, knowing that someone like you just reaches out to me. Uh, it was it made my whole day. And here we are. We're, yeah, well, we're all here loving comics, and we're all here doing what we can to spread that love of comics. So, you know, I mean, I appreciate you doing what you do and getting, getting that word out there, you know, so I, I, you know, I'm grateful to you. Right on. Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm not slowing down anytime soon. Andrew people, this has been my pleasure. Uh, we will be talking soon as soon as, uh, oh man, tell me the name of the other character you had again in mind for the, uh, after the oh. huge success. Um, say it one more time. Monica Moon. Monica Moon. So, yes. Right. You can oh. either you can either click on the Monica Moon link on the on the landing page of the peepoy.com website, or you can go to monicamoon.net. Now, I will warn you that the Monica Moon page was built many many years ago, so it's a rather <laughs> archaic looking web page. But it gives you the it gives you the, it, the the page existed as a way for people to easily find the pitch proposal when I was trying to sell it as a series in different ways before. Um, so, you know, but it'll give you the gist of what, what it's all about and gives you some illustrations and a couple sample pages and, and yeah, and if I do the Kickstarter, I will, uh, I would approach Monica Moon a little differently now than I would for that short story I did about 10 years ago, Okay. but, uh, you know, but I will still, you know, exclusive to the Kickstarter edition, I will include that 10 page story. Uh, that that you know people didn't really get to see you know except for the you know three or four hundred that bought it for me at conventions you know so wow oh I'm so excited for this there's so much to look forward to um, right. but for but for now but for now you know Simone and Ajax is the yep. focus and I'll That's... be working on that every day through the end of the year um, trying to trying to wrap this up you know uh, like I said. I, so many people help me plan and budget and and all that that I sort of have this whole 
sort of timetable schedule laid out. And so the plan is, yes, have the, have the whole thing done by uh, January, get it off to the printer, get it back from the printer in March, and get it out to everybody so that they all, actually everybody should have it in their hands by April, which is what I'm telling them they'll have it. So Sweet. Well, I believe you. I believe you. You, you don't. You don't look like someone that would intentionally lie to us. So, <laughs> I, yeah, like, like I said, if a problem happens, I'll let you know. But, oh yeah, uh, I mean, like you said, murder hornets. It's a whole different thing. We can't control murder hornets. Right, hornet, right, but. right. <laughs> uh, before we go, I do have to ask. I got to make sure you're on social media. Where does everybody find you on your social media? I know it's an important thing to have when you're launching a Kickstarter. Uh, I've got a variety of places you can find me. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty active on Facebook. So you can find my fan page at uh, facebook.com backslash Andrew Peepoy. Uh, you can also find Simone and Ajax's own page on Facebook. So it's facebook.com backslash Simone and Ajax. On Twitter, again, we both have accounts. Uh, so I'm at Andrew Peepoy on Twitter. And they are at Simone Ajax. No and on that one, just at Simone Ajax. And then uh, on Instagram, I um I have, again, once again, at Andrew Peepoy, and I'm pretty active on, on there as well. Uh, Simone and Ajax don't have their own page on there yet, but, you know, it, it probably will happen. So, yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I'd be thrilled if any of you, you know, any of you want to follow me because there'll be plenty of posts about the, the Kickstarter campaign and any of my future plans, whether it's Simone and Ajax or whether it's working on Die Kitty Die or something else. Oh, man, this is, it's, it's been an honor and a pleasure, sir. I want you, I, get, I know you, you said you're going to get to work as soon as we're done. At this point, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to keep you on. So get to work, sir. We got to see this. Yep, yep, yep. I, you know, got to, got to, got to go get back to the, literally back to the drawing board, you know. Only an artist, only an artist and a writer could say something like that. <laughs> Thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure. You take care. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Thanks. Cheers. Let's Gaming Arena. Coming soon. Well, there you have it, Slurds. Another episode is in the books. Another creator has been cornered. And Andrew Peepoy, I'm telling you, go out, fund that Kickstarter. Kickstarter. It is officially live right now. It is a thing. So the links are in the description. Uh, all of his social media, everything is in the description. Just look at this description, read the description, and you'll, it'll guide you. It'll guide you. This book, uh, I know it, it may seem a little fluffy, and you may think that, but here's the deal. Uh, as somebody that's not into super fluff, I, I, I actually had the opportunity to read the first story and a half, and... Man, it just makes me smile. It does. It made me smile. And I said it a bunch of times during the podcast, but it's what we need right now. It's a nice change of pace. Uh, it's something different. And damn, is it great for the kids. I know I cursed when I said that, but that's just how enthusiastic I am about it. So check out Andrew Peepoy. Uh, also, uh, after you, you, you get done doing that, you, you're on the internet already, you kickstarted up, you're feeling generous, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash cheers to comics, and slide us a buck over there. I say us. And I say us as in the royal we, man. Uh, us as in me and you. 
all of us, because we're we're in this together. Uh, yes, the dollar goes into the the Cheers to Comics fund, but it's it's all a part of something we're I'm I'm building. I'm building for you all. So, uh, and then you know, make sure you rate it five stars on the overload of all podcasts, Apple, and then head on over to Stitcher, wherever you actually listen to your podcast. If it's not Apple, and comment and rate it and do whatever there. So. Uh, also, the the YouTube channel is uh, consistently a thing on Wednesdays now. When I, I come home with my big old fat stack books, I show them off, so you get to see my big dumb stupid face too. So like and subscribe to the YouTube channel and all of that good shit. So I leave you with this as always: stay safe out there, slurs. Read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. Hi, you're listening to Cheers to Comics Podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics Podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics Podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to Cheers to Comics Podcast.